Hey, this is TC. And this is Jim from The Studio Demands It. A bi-weekly screenwriting podcast where every episode we conceptualize and craft an entire script from the ground up based on the demands of one of our listeners acting as a hypothetical studio. Join the process over at studiodemandsit.com. On today's episode, Mike and Ryan discuss the gateway beers that will guide you into an appreciation of different beer styles. Cheers. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Brewers in Law podcast, where beer is thicker than water. Join us on a journey discovering home brewing, craft beer, and more. My name is Mike, and as always, I have with me my brother in law, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Not much. I'm excited for this episode. This is actually, this was when we were putting the episode list together, I was pumped for this episode. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be inspirational. 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 I feel like it's we're going to leave it going, man, I want to drink all of those now. I know, right? <laughs> In this episode, we are going to be discussing gateway beers. So beer, or at least beer styles, can be an acquired taste for some people. I was one of those people, and now I love it. So gateway (laughs) beers are beers that can act as a gateway for someone to learn to enjoy that category of beer. There's an obvious analog here that we are not- Where are we going with this? (laughs) That I'm not going to say. But gateway is used in another scenario- we will oh, not be covering oh, on this episode. Oh, oh, sorry. I got to change my notes. But then. these gateway go-tos <laughs> also exist in other more wholesome areas of life. So for today's first sip, Ryan, name one gateway thing each that got you into one, a genre of media such as TV, movies, or music, and two, a gateway thing that got you into a specific class of food or drink like Thai food, scotch, coffee or tea <laughs> one thing each media and food and drink well, i'm gonna start with drink okay and then i i I'm, I'm sorry if i take this one from you because i feel like we, this was one for both of us you are not going to take either of mine oh, good. i can good guarantee enough. that um scotch the gateway scotch i for know me. the one <laughs> and for and for, i tell this to everybody as well if you want to try a scotch if you want to get into scotch this is the one you want to do it it is the caribbean cast Oh, scotch. Yeah. Yeah. Belvany 14 year Caribbean cask. Yeah. I don't. Unfortunately, order it at a restaurant or something because it's pretty expensive to buy a bottle. It's like, it's expensive to buy at a restaurant. Well, I know, but it's cheaper. No, it's not. It's not $80. That's how much a bottle costs. It's like $20 for a glass. (laughs) Have a friend buy you one. Yes. Um, And then for. Something it is else. really good. It though. is so it's good. Totally worth it. Is, the 80 it bucks. is. I always, yeah, I always tell people if you want to try scotch, this is yeah. it because it's got a rum barrel in it. And that was and actually historically your gateway into that was like the first scotch you ever liked. The first scotch I, I truly liked, yes, because like, I had like, a couple scotches beforehand and they were fine. And they were, this, okay, this is the one yeah. that made you yes. like a scotch mm-hmm. drinker. Okay. I, I had a couple like from Ostentasha and I had a couple other ones. I did the Doers. Don't recommend at a wedding <laughs> with a lot of ice. But like the the Belvanie Caribbean cask is, is that gateway yeah, for scotch. Um, for the other option, it's it's kind of a curveball. So I'm going to say the gateway thing is Fast and Furious. What it led to though was me ha- wanting to have a fast car. Oh, <laughs> so I remember watching the Fast and Fur- the first Fast and Furious movies. I think it was like the first two or three, um, and realizing I like fast cars, I want fast cars. So I, I my first car, 
Um, I did actually did a little work too and made it a little fast. Was that your Jetta? No, the golf actually. I had my first car was golf. I didn't know that. You yeah. were a Volkswagen man for so I, I long. Was, yep. Come back, friend. We haven't yes. forgotten you. <laughs> but like I, I that was it led me to wanting to have fast cars. Now I have now evolved into wanting a truck because Michigan has told me this America was, has finally dragged you down. Well, no, it's <laughs> it's when I lived in Florida, the roads pothole wise wasn't that bad. I moved to Michigan. This After graduating true. high school, this is a and point. I blow up all the tires that I have because I hit a pothole, and I'm not happy about it. So now I have a truck, and now I don't have to worry about it anymore. That sounds like a personal problem because I've driven a Volkswagen GTI for well seven or the eight Jetta years. I had had much lower profile tires than yours. Yeah, mine's pretty low, but uh, okay, agree to disagree. Agree. Okay. In any event, yes. What are you? Good. I I love that. That's a really solid one because actually I made this prompt. I was really happy with it. Then it was kind of hard. It was actually. Um, Come on with that second one. Was it was kind of hard to think about? Yeah. So I will start with food and drink as well. Okay. Um, I did not like seafood for most of my life. I really? love seafood. I love virtually all seafood now. There is barely. I can't think of a seafood I don't like. It all started with Smith family styled grilled salmon. Yeah, I do it. Salmon grilled with Cavender's mm-hmm. Greek seasoning on top of it. Haley made me some exquisitely yep. grilled, let me tell you, perfectly cooked. And that was the first, I believe even this wasn't like a, uh, I ate it because I was polite, which she did that to me with shrimp. <laughs> She didn't know I didn't like shrimp and made something and I just shut my mouth and ate it because it was early in our dating relationship. This one she knew when she was like, no, you're going to like this. And I think at least it grilled it up anyway. It is still to date the best way to cook salmon. No, great. I've never had any salmon anywhere that is better than than that. But also that was what opened me up to uh, like a lifelong love of seafood. It really Mm -hmm. was. Like I started eating more fish. Then I, you know, I started eating shrimp. Then I tried scallops. Then I tried mm-hmm. oysters, etc. Yeah. Now I like all of it. Yeah. That was wonderful. Nice. Also, short runner-up. Uh, your monkey-picked oolong is Ooh. the the one you you have from Tiavana. You yeah. made it for me. That was the first time I was like, "Tea's actually pretty cool." <laughs> but um, so the <laughs> the gateway music thing, I will say, it was Kendrick Lamar's album "To Pimp a Butterfly." I, I listened to um, I listened to hip hop in middle school and high school, lost interest in it for a long time, just had zero interest in listening to it. And that mm-hmm. album blew my mind the first time I heard it because uh, it's a masterpiece. And that uh, literally the first track, Wesley's Theory, like single handedly made me interested in hip hop music again. It's really that good. OK, so those are. Yeah, those are the answers. So do we have any. Ooh. Listener feedback. Can you I please will, hand me the, hand the listener the feedback list. machine? Okay. Which is my phone. Hey, this one is from someone named Haley Newton. Who's that? It, yeah. Is that a relative? It is. A, it's a her? picture. <laughs> of, it, the, the, the tweet says, the child in the brewing equipment grows year to year at Bruthers in Law. Thanks for the shout out, wife. <laughs> and this is, yeah. So we, we recently upgraded to a, uh, from like a 12 gallon brew pot to like this honker of a i think a 15 gallon mm-hmm. brew pot the thing is just it's not one of those that just grows tall it's like wide as well <laughs> wide. so we have a picture of kaylin from last year in our old brew kettle 
and we took a new picture of her this year in the new one, and she fits in them about the same. And oh, it's so cute. Actually, no, you are incorrect. Our little brewing assistant. That is incorrect. Is it? That is Kaylin and Abby, each in each one. It is not. That is Abby, yes. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure. This is Kaylin from last year. The child and the brewing equipment grows. They are my children. I know. <laughs> now, I shouldn't fight Kaylin and Abby do look very similar okay. at, at, at given ages, yeah. So, understandable, but you are wrong. Second one <laughs> is next from comment. Let's move probably on. our podcast's BFF, Celeste. Yeah, I mean, her and, yeah. We, yeah, we, we I believe, uh, on one of her previous comments, had a whole segment where we were trying to suggest beers for her that Convince she might like. Drink beers, yeah. She has found one, says at Brothers and Lie, found a beer that I liked. It is Rocket Pop Goza by Urban uh, Urban Urban South Brewery. Urban South Brewery. And this so a goza is typically a it's a sour it's a sour type, yeah. Typically with some lime added to mm-hmm. it. Um, it's a German style. This one has blue raspberry, cherry, and lime, hence rocket pop, red, yep. white, and blue. The lime, I guess, being white. But um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it sounds sounds really interesting. I do think I, we may have even named, if we didn't, I think we then did. we ought to have. But a Goza is a great – Goza is like – especially because of the little bit of salt, which mm-hmm. is just like – when they use the right amount, it's like it's perfect. It sounds weird, but – it can approach kind of being a a mixed drink yeah. sort of flavor, and that is a really really solid choice. So Celeste, if you like that, I would uh, I would encourage you to check out other gozes too, because the tartness and then like the combination of fruits that are often used are great for someone who is coming to beer from cocktails. And well, if that isn't just the the perfect segue, the right perfect there. segue into today's uh, episode topic. So Ryan, take us away. So. We always talk about, we always say there's always a beer for someone out there. And everyone's different. No one, like, we, you and I even have different theories on how we feel about beers. And we will see that when we go through this list of different gateway beers. Um, but there's always a beer that introduces you to a style of beer. How do you get into an IPA? How do you get into a stout? Like, there are ways to get into it because, like, they are intimidating. IPA can be super intimidating with that bitterness. Well, and we should say, some people, it's not a big deal. Some people just like stuff. Cough, sometimes, cough, our father-in-law. <laughs> but like, sometimes you want to be cool and like all your friends are like, yep. you'll, you'll definitely love this beer style or whatever. And you just don't like them. Mm-hmm. Or it sounds neat, but in practice you don't. And like, I think that some people are like, well, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't know. I like liking things. I like looking for things I, if I can hang on to something I like about a movie, a food or whatever, and Mm -hmm. I can like use that as a nucleus to learn to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. That to me makes my life a little better. So I'm all for trying to like things. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try and give you a guide to that. Because I definitely didn't like beer the first time I tried it. Didn't like hoppy beer the first time I tried it. I, I really, I, I liked dark beer the first time I tried it. Why? Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're, we're going to just be discussing these sort of gateway beers. So we're going to start with a very simple, very basic. I feel like where a lot of people start their beer journey. College. College. So pale yellow fizzy beer. I apologize Hello, for my Thor cat. Wow. <laughs> that was a big jump. Um, so he could have placed in the Olympics with that one, with that. like given his body size. <laughs> so we're going to start with the college beers. 
I have two of them for this. Okay. And I'm insulted by one of them myself. So but I, I, that I, would be I a, shared, one. a shared feeling. I will start with the fun one. The first one I'm going to say is Bushlight. If you want a cheap, simple, watery, watery beer. <laughs> that you Inoffensive. Just, and that you can afford as well. Bushlight is, is one of those beers. Um, 4.1%. Um, oh, you have stats. I don't. Have stats. I, I have a few. That's pretty much the only stat I really have. Uh, for thirty of them in a case, you're gonna spend about twenty to thirty bucks, depending on where you go. Um, and just know it's called the Beast, and it's called the Beast for a reason because it will mess you up because you just drink it like water, and oh. then you realize, oh no, I've had twenty. <laughs> we never called it that. Mil- Milwaukee's best was always called Milwaukee's Beast because oh. it's gross. Um, and the other one, which. I never really drank, but I know a lot of my fraternity brothers did. Limerita. Not Bud Light Lime. Limerita. Mm, and they yeah. had a strawerita and all those other flavors to it. It's a fruitier be- I don't like beer. Those. I put beer in quotations. <laughs> They're um, gross. It's, all, it's about 5%. It's more of a malt beverage, I think. So it's kind of like not your father's type yeah, situation. Okay, yeah. But it's strong enough that it, it will is still... It, now, is it beery enough to get you into beer? Or does it just get you into drinking I alcohol? I think it just gets you into the door of of malt beverages. Kind of like how Not Your Father root, root Beer would as well, or something like that. Or, yeah, or Mike's right. Hard Lemonade. It's, it's closer than something that is not Zima, made from a malt. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's closer than something that's not made from malt, basically. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah that makes sense. What about you? Uh, so... I'll go on record saying that I think that Limerita is disgusting. Agreed. <laughs> With that said, the first beer I ever learned to tolerate was Bud Light Lime. <laughs> so I guess, again, fruited abominations. If you, and I will actually say they have come a long way. I, uh, I think we mentioned this last episode. Behind the curtain, this is our third episode that we're recording today. Yes. Um, so. I, at uh, Roger and Sherry's, I tried a prickly pear Michelob oh, yeah. that I yep. really wanted not to like, because I was like, <laughs> but I hate myself it. for even drinking this, but we were out on a boat, and like, dang, if it wasn't refreshing, like, yeah. it was good. And and it's still, yeah, again, like, the fruit kind of covered over the beeriest parts of beer, but it, the f- taste was still there. So, mm-hmm. fruited, fruited beers are a good way to sort of normalize yourself. It's kind of like putting cream and sugar in your coffee. It just kind of takes a bit of the sting away. Yeah. That is a, a, a tried and true way to get yourself drinking beer. I would say if you are the opposite, if you're the type of person who is coming from craft beer, you like craft beer and you're a snob, but also sometimes, you know, you're just hanging out with friends and everybody's drinking pale lager and you just kind of wish you had one because whatever you're young and you still play drinking games or mm-hmm. like just everybody else is doing it and you feel social pressure, even yeah. though you're 31, um, <laughs> then, then, then I would say founder solid gold is a great option. It's a really yummy beer that mm-hmm. even a craft beer drinker should be able to appreciate. And I would say generally good craft lager. There's a whole growing movement of craft beer makers making lager. They're not all good at it, but um, quite a few, make some excellent craft lagers. And so if you're coming from that way and you're like, I just don't like Bud Miller Coors, Mm -hmm. try something like that. You can still buy it in 24 packs for a good price. Yeah. And then playing off our uh, previous episode, try just buying uh, an international pale lager Mm -hmm. and pairing it with your ethnic food. If you're at a Mexican restaurant, whatever, buy a, a, a 
soul or yeah. maybe don't buy a soul, buy a, uh, buy Tecate. Yeah. <laughs> and like, just try having that with a meal yeah. or buy a, you know, buy a Kiran Ichiban uh, the next yeah. time you get sushi, all good ways to get into pale lager. So that kind of leads into our next one. Cause you, you kind of answered it I, as well. I gave out one way going from craft beer to pale lager. Okay. So the next one that we have on the list is this craft beer. What's the gateway to mm-hmm. a craft beer? I did not see this until now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I I, uh, I I added this, but but basically, yeah, when I added solid gold, I was like, well, if you're coming from craft beer, because I've had that where people yeah. are like, oh, I don't drink that swill, that Budweiser trash. <laughs> like, well, here, try some of this because this yeah. is pretty good. But a lot of times, you're a, uh, this was my experience. Mm-hmm. I was a college student drinking college beer. And then I started trying to, you know, make something of myself as a, <laughs> and I started gonna trying, make a man out of you uh, yeah and, and I <laughs> I started trying to get into different kinds of beers and and it was kind of hard like I didn't like hoppy beers I bought magic hat number nine having no idea what pale ale was and was like mm-hmm. this has a flavor that I hate and, <laughs> and magic hat number nine is a great beer but it's it's I think a pale ale yeah I think so if not an IPA and no, like I just not was a, not prepared IPA, yeah. for that yeah so yeah if you're coming from Pale college beer to craft beer. What would okay? So what would be your gateway to your craft beer? So looking back, uh, for for me, it was sort of an it was an odd, weird mix. I started buying like Lion Cool and Sam Adams and kind of like entry level craft, yeah. Yeah. you know, lowercase C craft hey, beer. Those are still gateways. And and the one I really fell in love with, oddly enough, was Lion Kugel's Fireside Nut Brown, okay. which is like. Nothing like a pale lager, but yeah. it's got a lot of other stuff going yeah. on. And mm-hmm. It was just yummy. I would say if you know you like uh, kind of pale American lager, try a Kolsch or a Blonde Ale yep. or a craft lager from a craft brewery. Try any of those and that'll that'll be a great introduction. They're still simple and crisp, but they just have a bit more going on. Uh, the Kolsch and the Blonde Ale will both be ales, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of craft beer is so it'll kind of normalize you to that flavor i think those are great starting places so off the top of my head i would i have, I have three options for this i'm gonna say sam adams oktoberfest because as we've talked about before i'm not a huge fan of boston lager but sam adams does make great beer and one of the best ones is oktoberfest for me i they, think it's great flavor they still have one of my favorite oktoberfest like even they above, are yes for sure even above a lot of like yes. the german ones i really love theirs so it's a nice it's it's not super powerful in your face it's not super yeah. hoppy it's a great way to craft beer and like actually those- oktoberfest being like an amber lager mm-hmm. is a great way to get into other styles of beer too because mm-hmm. it's kind of close to pale lager in yeah. a way but it's also it's different because yeah. you have you have the darker malts. You can kind of get you can ease your way into darker yeah. malts. Um, the next one, which is we talked about this, I we did an episode on this actually, and then we talked about it a little bit when we were talking with the the group at GrabCap. Um, my first real craft beer was Ichabod, which is a pumpkin beer. It's not like super pumpkin spicy. It's not super sweet. It's a nice. It was my introduction to uh, craft beer for really? myself. And then the final one, I'll say as a as a very broad range is a is Lightning Kugel's Summer Shandy. I think Summer Shandy is a great gateway into that type of 
craft beer as a stepping stone and then it can lead you to it, it is very different than a lot of craft beer but it's still yeah. a great stepping stone into craft yeah. beer well and yeah like i said line and kugel is like kind of lowercase c craft beer but yeah. it, shummer shandy can lead you into some of their other similar beers exactly, which yep. and then that gets your curiosity going yeah i absolutely agree i i did have fruited beer on here just again if you're this is really maybe applies more to um well, just, yeah. So if you're not coming from pale beer, yeah. if you're coming from mixed drinks, like we were talking about with Celeste Common earlier, yeah. fruited beer, especially sours, which tend to like capture that kind of tart essence that a lot of like cocktails can have, mm-hmm. is great if you're coming from mixed drinks and trying to get into craft beer. Start with fruited beer, mm-hmm. get into less fruited beers, mm-hmm. get into no fruited beers. It's like going black with your coffee. You just you ease your way in. All right. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do one more and then we'll go on a quick break. Um, okay. So the next one is stout, and mine is very simple. And if you don't have this, I'm not talking to you anymore. It's Guinness. Check it off it's your bingo Guinness. card. We're talking about Guinness again. It's, it's always going to be Guinness. Guinness to me is it's first of all, if you think stout, it's the first thing that comes to my mind. It's not heavy, which it, also well, helps yeah, a lot. No, true. It's not heavy. It's super light. It's creamy. And like I always, everyone always made the joke to me whenever I drink Guinness as a as a, as a young drinker, twenty one, twenty two. Like, oh, you're eating your your beer with Guinness. I'm like, no, I could chug this faster than you can chug your Bud Light because it's that light as well. Yeah. So, I'm assuming you have a different one, maybe. Yeah, I I didn't bother writing that down because I knew you. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot to say about stout. Like, I think you can ease your way gradually darker. You can go kind of like. Uh, Red, amber ale, brown ale, stout, if Mm -hmm. for some reason you find roasted malts really offensive. But really, I think that a well-balanced, like, dark stout or a porter, like, is just enjoyable. Like, you don't have to ease your way into it. If If you can handle multi flavors, you'll probably like it. Just shop around a little bit, but... I will say that again, one with some stuff added to it. Just I was going to gonna say, if so you like a flavor, find my that My example flavor in is it. is Atwater Brewery's Vanilla Java Porter. So technically, it's a porter, not a stout. Yeah, but okay, <laughs> fair. But yeah, I'll allow it though. But like, you know, it's it's got coffee in it. It's got mm-hmm. vanilla in it. They're all really nicely in balance. It's a great drink. Yeah, but it doesn't taste just like beer. It it is no agreed. You got the adjuncts and flavors yeah. in there. Yeah, and so it. that that would be what I would say is yeah, like you know sometimes having some some additives can help ease your transition. You could also just and this is kind of something I'll hit on again later. Just pick a really good example. Like try Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. Try. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we had talked about in the stouts, we did an episode, the stouts yeah. episode how a lot of stouts seem to just want to add stuff. There are very few like American stouts that are just stouts. Well, because there's, I mean, because there are Americans that just it's too much. So like of a, but, of a bitterness and flavor, so they want to yeah. add the sweetness. I mean, you got KBS, you and got so so again, maybe maybe flavors. maybe porter is a good way to get into stout because porter is kind of like stout light. It's yeah, it's, it's a little bit strong. less aggressive. Yeah. Um, uh, often, but but I would also say that yeah, like something like Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Stout, good one. Um, is is another from Lexington Brewing Company is another great one because it's just that bourbon barrel flavor just gives something to kind of round out mm-hmm. the intensity yep. of stout. No, I think it, with stouts it's a little easier to find something because if you like coffee, if you like chocolate, if you like right. syrup, if you like fruit, if, if you, you like, like Neapolitan ice Neapolitan cream. ice cream, like check it off your bingo. Check card. it off. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, there's so many different flavors you can find with it compared to other beers. So yeah, all right, let's take a quick break. 
we got two, we got four more. Half. We got the back half, Third and then we'll talk about a little more um, with home brewing. Um, but we'll be back in a little bit. Until then, cheers. Cheers. Hi there, I'm David. And I'm Kate. And we're the hosts of another Zelda podcast. There are so many good podcasts out there, and some of them in particular concern the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> That's right, Kate, and we are another one of them. we That is actually the name of our show, Another yes. Zelda Podcast. And in our show in particular, we talk about some of our favorite dungeons, characters, boss battles. We have top 10 lists. Yeah, we do deep dives on game design and production aspects of the different Zelda games. And we talk about our own experiences. We do some review episodes, talk about our challenges, our struggles, and our victories. That's right. You know, really just almost anything that has to do with Zelda, we like to talk about it. A new episode comes out every other Friday, and you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and YouTube. And you can also check out our episodes on our website, anotherzeldapodcast.com. That's right. All right, we will see you there. Okay, bye! Hey, this is TC. And this is Jim from the Studio Demands It podcast. Where every episode we take a demand from a hypothetical studio. Which could be you. And challenge ourselves to conceptualize, pitch, and craft a film based on the stipulations. Or the demands. We are given. We talk about movies all the time. Particularly, we complain about the choices made in the films we've seen. We're nerds like that. And, of course, like any good nerd does, we automatically assume that we could do better. Even with the demands and restrictions that clearly must have been put on by a production. So head on over to studiodemandsit.com and listen to our previous library of episodes. Our library of previous episodes. Our precious library, Jim. <laughs> our library of precious episodes. <laughs> You're a pirate Smeagol. <laughs> okay. So head on over to studiodemandsit.com to listen to our library of episodes. And submit your demand for a future episode, too. So go do that. Okay, bye. Okay, end of ad. And we are back. So and we're this, back. So this is going to be probably the most controversial one, I feel, because people are so either one or the other when it comes to this beer, and that's IPAs. IPAs. IP. I, either you love them or hate them. And if you want to get into IPAs, I got I got two options. One is an actual beer, which might be a little hard to find, but I have another one that might help you out. So the first one I'm going to say is from Bell's Brewery here in Michigan, but they're they're pretty nationally known. They're getting bigger. Um, and that's two-hearted IPA. They also do have a half-hearted IPA, which is a... Light-hearted. Light, or light-hearted, sorry. Light-hearted IPA, which is a little easier to drink. I made so, that exact mistake like seven <laughs> times in my life. Yeah. So 7%, 55 IBUs. Super, super strong for an IPA. And the IBUs well, isn't really that bad. Not, not, for a regular A lot IPA, of IPAs. Not a double. Not a well, double. but a lot of IPAs are kind of in the six to eight range. But yeah, yeah. Bell's Two Hearted got my dad into IPAs. Got, he didn't know he really was ordering me, yeah. an IPA. Yes, and I was actually gonna be like, "So, Michael." So then he ordered another one. So then he ordered another one. Yeah. So they it'll get you in trouble, yeah. but it is oh, it it is it's just a nice, easy drinking yes. beer. It's award winning. Mm-hmm. It is just a again. It is just a really sometimes the best thing to do is just to pick. A really, really top example of a style, and Bell's Two Hearted is that yes. for a classic kind of Midwest style IPA. Now, if you want to 
try something even easier. I'm going to say a hazy or a New England IPA, a NEPA, um, would be the best one. Their IBUs are actually higher than that too hard. They usually be 65 to 75. Are they really? Yes. I, th I thought with New England, you usually drove mm -hmm. that lower. But because you have a very juicy flavor to it, whether it's from actual juice or hops, dry hopping, or the yeast itself, um, you get almost a orange juice flavor to it or an, and an orange juice look to it as well. It's very hazy, very hard to see. Um, it's kind of gross looking. It's kind of gross looking, but it's very, very good. I remember the first time I saw it. one. First time I saw it, I was at a wedding. A well-made one is just a little hazy. It's not like murky. Yeah. So but, examples of this, and I, I, I kind of made sure I went out broad range because I know there's plenty of uh, ones around us, but Voodoo Ranger, which is out of New Holland, uh, does does a, a New England IPA. New Belgium. Yeah, New Belgium. Sorry, Belgium. New Belgium. Um, you have Sam Adams does their own yeah, New England IPA. doing a hazy right now. And Sierra Nevada has one called Hazy Little Thing IPA. So yeah. they're e just so you can have something to find. And yeah. I will say this about them. They have the best names. The best names of beers. Juice Dank, Bigelow. Juice. Juice Bigelow. Like so many different things favorite. they put in there. It's just, yeah. it's so good. What yeah. about you? I will say to me, so New England IPAs are solid. They, you will like them a lot easier than you like a traditional, um, like yes. American IPA. Mm -hmm. But to me, they don't really qualify as getting into IPA for me because they're so different. They, there's no bitterness. Like an actual American IPA is going to challenge you a little bit with <laughs> some assertive bitterness, some pine character. As long as you don't go to stone, I think you're, you're you won't get too overpowered. You won't. You, you might not get overpowered. Yeah, <laughs> but but like IPAs have that. I like that about them, and I miss it when I drink a New England oh, IPA. To be totally honest, so I would say Bell's Two Hearted is a great example if you want to really get into true norm, Agreed. like whatever kind of Agreed. classic IPA. That's the one. Another great one is Dayshoot's Fresh Squeezed IPA. Yes. Oh, so good. Because I think, I don't think they fruit it, but it sure tastes like they do. It's just got such this wonderfully summery. I think they dry hop. I think it's the dry hopping that really helps. Yeah. And it, but yeah, but just with these like deeply citrusy dry hops, um, like, yeah, dry hop choices. And which for those who don't know, dry hopping is where after you brew and you're fermenting it, you're throwing the hops at that point when it's fermenting stuff. Yeah, so so basically it, it has a, a lot of flavor and aroma with You'll minimal, get all minimal that, bitterness. You'll get all the citrusy the, and piney, depending on what hops you put in it. You get, that's where you get a lot of flavor. Yeah, out. but not a lot of bitter. Yeah. So I think also like Session IPAs, so uh, Bell's Lighthearted, Founders All Day all are day. two great yep. examples um, from Michigan. Yay, yay. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, so th those are going to be under 5% by definition mm -hmm. being session. But but because of that, the hops are going to be lighter. It's yep. going to be the same flavors, but less of them. Yep. And then pale ale also, which is just less hopped IPA. It has a different balance. Mm -hmm. There's a bit more malt in it. And I think that both of those are a great way to kind of ease your way in. Agreed. You know, again, it's to use the coffee analogy. It's like drinking you know enjoying some quality weaker coffee before mm -hmm. you make like a double strength coffee yes <laughs> um i also think that brute ipa which you know isn't really big anymore but it's basically you know those are made to have this crisp champagne like super duper dry finish usually enzymes are used to like really dry it out and get rid of all the sugars mm -hmm. if you're a white wine drinker like that can be a pretty solid place to start. Yeah. Or, or if you like champagne, it, some of the best ones really do emulate that champagne yeah. quality. 
And then... Oh, you got a ton. <laughs> I do, yeah. This is the one I have the most of, except Sour, because I figure you won't have a lot to say about nope, that. Nope, don't have a lot to say about that but, one. We'll get um, there. But yeah, so uh, also there are sub-styles, Black IPA, and then you'll see far less of this, but Red and Brown IPA. Okay, yeah. If you can find these styles and you're a dark beer lover who just doesn't love hops, mm-hmm. these are great ways to yep. get in. I know Haley... Haley is not a hop head. No. She does not really love IPA, but she will drink any of these because she likes multi beers. She loves stouts. She loves porters. She loves amber. She loves anything uh, with a more multi multi balance. And so even if it has IPA level hops, if it has some malt interest for her, the balance is there, you know, and and she can enjoy those. So I would say if that's where you're coming from, check out one of those if you you can, if you can find one. They're they're not super hot I've seen black IPAs. I don't think I've seen black Black IPAs aren't nearly as big as they used to be either, but you can still find them. If you go to a place with a nice selection and Mm -hmm. and look, you can find something. All right. So next one is a red and amber as we talk about Haley drinking her Hmm. her reds and ambers. That's like her bread basket beer right there. Um, It was just funny because it's all green. Ah. Multi. Anyway, <laughs> um, I went simple with mine. Uh, it was probably one of those. It probably the, is the one that got me into red beers in general. And it's Killian's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Irish red. Yeah. Irish red. So um, especially it, it, on draft. Especially on draft. But it's it's the red beer. Red beers. Like if you if you most people when they hear red beer, a lot of people will go to Killian's because it's the more to, like the most known one of all where you can find it any, almost anywhere. Um, as we talked about with your work. local Buffalo Wild Wings probably serves it. it. Yes. I don't know uh, if ours does anymore, actually. Well, they probably do because they do black. Well, that's black and red, technically. Anyways, um, but it's 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 very light in hops. The malt characters are there, as we talked about. Yeah. Um, and I think it's I think it's a really good entry level beer for a lot of people. And it's easy to find. Well, yeah, you're you? right. Well, and you bring up a really interesting point about Irish Reds, which mm-hmm. is that an American Amber Ale is hoppy. It's basically you know, start with kind of a pale ale and make it a bit bit maltier, but yeah. keep that hot presence there. That's an American amber ale yeah. most of the time. It's a broad style, but that's kind of the center of it. And Irish reds are way less hoppy. So if you're not a hop drinker, that's a, a great place to start. Um, yes. So, yeah, I love that. And I would say along the same lines, an Oktoberfest, like a Meritzen, if you're Ooh, easing yourself call. gradually yeah. darker again, or like a, like a Maybach, any sort of um, like a, like a German amber lager or just a, another amber lager, even like a Dosa Keys amber or something, something that's going to just, you know, give you an appreciation for what those darker malts bring mm-hmm. without being all about them is going to do great. But uh, I would also say that just American amber is an incredibly underrated style. Mm-hmm. It has so much... Um, flexibility it can be on the hoppier side on the maltier side you can you could probably you know try three and you'd find one you like like i just off the top of my head well so i would say um my example again of just just pick a really good example is fat tire fat tire is so easy to drink it's it's one of my or new holland uh, new belgium Belgium. how are we gonna mix up we're gonna mix up yeah but um I love Fat Tire. It's, it's still one of my favorite ambers. We kind of modeled ours that that are that we really liked. Yeah. Firstborn Amber Ale is yep. the kind of second iteration was modeled at least kind of half after Fat Tire. Yeah. And it's just a good beer. Um, it's it's well balanced. But you can also, if you like malt more, you can try something a little maltier. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a kind of widely distributed example. Rochester Mills, Rochester Red. 
comes to mind, but well, it's um, not what when I was talking. I say when I was talking to Mal about this, she said um, Eric the Red, which is from Dragon Mead, got her yeah. in the red beers. But again, not widely distributed right. at all. But but then there are also examples of red ales that are hoppier, and yep. you can Google those. Yep. But yeah, so that, that's kind of what I would say is just sort of bend the style towards your taste. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different kind of angles you can take yep. into getting into that. All right, so this one is this one's gonna be more on you, but we're, I'm gonna give some options. We're, we're on the last two, and they are both Trixie. Yeah, they Trixie are definitely Hobbitses. So the first one is sour beers. So we talked about uh, goes um, with Celeste earlier, um, where they have a little more of a liminess, but sours yeah. is kind a of a mixed drink, kind of a yeah. look. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, a, a goza is a sour. It's just like one corner of all all rectangles. All squares could be rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Did I say that right? I think so. Okay. Think Something like that. So yeah. for me... All gozes are sours, but not all sours are gozes. Exactly. So I said for this, I didn't have a specific one right off the bat. I said that I like a lot of things with, with sour beers with, with cherry in there because I feel like cherry uh, balances out. Cherry is the best. Yes. Uh, um, sour. I have that in here too. Just sour <laughs> cherry beers are just yes. incredible. I didn't have a specific one. You probably do, but I, I just said anything. Dude, I'm going to bring you one because I, I have one. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, my, one of my very favorites is Rodenbach Alexander. It's a it's a Flanders red from Flanders, Belgium. Okay, but they add t- t- cherry juice to it, yeah. and it is oh my god, it is so good. And Just another incredible. one that I've actually I haven't tried this one, but I saw it, and I'm I'm very intrigued by it. And um, shout out to Evergreen Brewery in Pennsylvania for this. It is a sour ale with blackberry and marshmallow, wow. and it's called Sorbetto. And I was very intrigued when so I saw like, this. So it's like, yeah, so it's a kind of a sorbet kind of taste. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I want to see if I can get a, my hands on it. How did you, did you Google that or like, have TikTok. you ever? TikTok. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Apparently, tic- breweries Marketing have Marketing been... of the fruit future on TikTok. Well, I know, like, bre- there are a lot of breweries on TikTok, actually. And I've, I've recently, they've been hitting my, apparently it's brew talk is what it is. And that's been hitting my feed a lot more since obviously doing more yeah. beer related things. So, but yeah, no, those, those would be my ones. I, I will let you go deep into this I've because it's definitely more okay. for you. The The biggest thing I would say, the most times I've seen Ryan drink sour beers, it is uh, when we're at our in-laws and our, our father-in-law loves to, you know, he'll, he'll find these like really cool, unique beers in like bomber format, the like bottles, the, big, yeah. the big, tall 750 mil bottles. Yep. He'll buy them and save them for when we have family parties mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll pour them out. And like, I think that sours, especially like really sort of aged, like high, high class sours for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. complex sours. That's a, that's a better, that's better way. less judgy way to say it because <laughs> I like simpler sours too, but more complex sours. They almost want, they have the gravitas where they, they want to be shared as like a sipper experience. So a yeah. lot of times we'll open a, a night of drinking or at least like post dinner, he'll, he'll bring out one special bottle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a sour and we'll all have a little bit of it together. It's either sour or scotch. So, and yeah. and, and <laughs> I, I think that is a really, really good way to get introduced to sours because you're probably going to buy a really well-crafted one mm-hmm. and also just you, you turn it into kind of an event Yeah, where no, it's great. like, it's great. not, it's not one you need to commit to a six pack of. You're just having four ounces or something of it. You're sipping it slowly. You're appreciating the complexity, right? Yeah. So if you want, uh, so, so, and then along those lines, Ode Bruin and Flanders Red, which are both Belgian styles. If you mm-hmm. can find those, 
those bring a lot of malt complexity and just general weird complexity because they're they're mixed fermentation. They have a little bit of Brettanomyces in there. They yeah. have the bacteria that make them sour. Mm-hmm. They're just really complex beers. If that's the route you want to go, those are great styles. Um, so <clears throat> then I would say if, if you're trying to get into something more sustainable across multiple beers, uh, if you are someone who thinks a lot of them are too sour, many, many sours will market themselves as being not that tart. I'm pretty sure I've seen an ale called not that tart ale somewhere. <laughs> um, I would recommend in is one that's nationally distributed Sierra Nevada's wild little thing. It's not okay. that tart. It's got like guava, strawberry and something else. It's really good. Um, if you don't like fruit in your beer, then I will recommend, uh, if you can find any kind of Lambic style beer, which, oh, is, yeah. which is really hard to find just like a traditional unfruited Lambic, but it's basically just going to be like a pale tart beer. But, um, two examples from Michigan would be Bell's Oarsman Ale and Jolly Pumpkin's Bam Beer. Jolly um, Pumpkin's a great one to go with. J- Jolly Pumpkin's Bam Beer is, in, is an incredible beer. Again, not fruited, kind of complex, really drinkable. You can have like eight of them and, yeah. um, feel okay. So cherry or blackberry sours are just mm-hmm. examples of fruited beers where the, the fruit just works really well. Yeah. And they're uh, just generally good. good yeah. And then also the last, so again, we've talked about how goes and Berliner Weiss can end up being very close to a mixed drink. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to try a sour, if you're interested, I would unfortunately recommend you go with someone who is known for making good sours because a lot of breweries make sours that I don't love where like they are just like warheads. Yeah. They're just, and some people like that, Yeah. but you may, if you pick a brewery at random, you're, you're playing Russian roulette and you might get like a, just a ridiculously like, like just mouth rawingly sour, yeah. sour if no, you're agreed. not careful. Agreed. So I would pick someone who has a pedigree if you're going to try a sour. Yeah. Something like Russian River or Jolly Pumpkin. Yep, those are good ones. Um, and how uh, uh, you got? That's all. Okay, I'm outside. I know. I know you. You are the sour of the two of us. So you like I am those? A, I'm a sour soul. <laughs> what can I say? All right. So for the last one is also very kind of controversial, harder one to get people into, and that's Belgium style beers. I know you talked a little bit of Belgium with those sours with the Flanders, um, but boy, here we're talking about more like monastery yeah. Belgian style so, beers. Like. A, a, a single we actually i know you brewed a single recently but doubles and triples and quads and i think that's all they go to belgian uh golden strong ale belgian yep. dark strong yep. ale yeah so so all, all of these are going to have that kind of characteristic banana and clove and sweetness weird yeah. uh just sweetness just it. very distinctive yeast character there are other flavors in there but yeah like there's a kind of belgian yeast complexity with and they're very strong usually flavors. too depending on on what typically level you're going yeah to, real yeah. high abv too uh so the one i said i kept it pretty local actually because market bingo card dragon mead um makes a triple called final absolution it is actually Honestly, the one true belgium that i really 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 like i was gonna say if you can find final absolution it's at least distributed pretty widely in michigan but they're I mean, trying to I, there, there are so many people that don't like belgian beers that like that beer mm-hmm. way more than any other belgian beer i have ever heard of well it's and it's it's, it's just a trying. really really like it's and it's an excellent beer and a lot of people know about it because I remember my uh, my stepdad and my mom went down to South Carolina for a vacation a few years back, and he was he was re- wearing a shirt that had Drag Me logo on it, and he walked into a little brew shop and everything else, and the guy who owned the shop saw the shirt and he's like, "Do you do you do you sell for them? Can you get it for us? Can you get <laughs> me some? Yeah. Because 
even all the way down to South Carolina. They're they have a trying reputation. To get it. Yeah. Like and specifically final absolution. That's I, the one they want. Yeah. I, I've I've worn a dragon meat shirt around in other states too, and it's hilarious. Like I almost always get stopped by if we go to a brewery, you know I was on a cruise. I'll, I'll get stopped by someone <laughs> that goes, dude, final absolution, right? Oh, it's so good. What what, what yeah, like I was in station in Michigan for work for a week, blah, blah, blah. And like the amount of times that someone has started a story based on seeing my dragon meat shirt is insane. And I, it's almost always final absolution. We were on a cruise. In um in the Bahamas and like someone on a ship stopped me. He goes, "You're from Michigan?" I go, "I mean, yeah." It's like, "Do you have any with you?" I go, "No." <laughs> I don't just. Oh, I've got some in my backpack. I'm walking. Hold around. on, let me just like yeah. I'm doing like a um what's his name from Star Wars? Just pulling out from behind him because Ray gave it to me. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and like the the one good thing about I will say this about uh, Belgian beers they are sweet but they are strong so. After a couple, you kind of lose taste anyway, so just keep. That is not an endorsement. I would say I, <laughs> I don't think they're all necessarily sweet, but I will say like the the kind of particularly the kind of banana um, compound. It's called isoamyl acetate that the yeah. yeast gives off is hard to get used to for some people. I don't I don't interpret it as sweet. I guess I'm not saying they're not because that's an objective. That's like your opinion, man. Yes, but. <laughs> But um, I don't interpret it that way. But I also really like it. I, mm-hmm. I love Belgian beer. So yeah. this is another, we've, we've backloaded yeah. these. <laughs> yeah, but I say you definitely got Mike the last beers. two. So I will say one, I have made Haley try so many Belgian beers. <laughs> and at the end of the day, she has proven, if you don't like that Belgian yeast flavor, you just don't like it. True. She hates final. And she like, Sorry, Grandpa. She, she like rollerbladed <laughs> around dragon meat as a kid. Yeah. Like she's got all the nostalgia you need, but like, uh, she just doesn't like that, that character. And if you don't have that character, you don't have a Belgian triple. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So she's more okay with maltier versions of it. Mm-hmm. And there some, some monasteries and some American craft breweries can like coax out other flavors from their yeast. But at a point you might just. I just not like it. If you try four or five mm-hmm. and you don't like any of them, maybe you just don't like it. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, like, no, no. You're, you're not a bad person. No, no. Everyone has a different taste. <laughs> like if you are interested in trying it, we're that's why we're giving these these out for you to try. Right. So with that said, I will I would say three three suggestions. One, easy to find, and it's a known favorite of mine. If you can find left blonde, if you're unsure whether you like Belgian yeast character, if you've never had one, but you're curious. Look for Left Blonde. It has yes. a really kind of classic Belgian yeast character. Try it, eating it with a meal. I love it with pizza for some reason. <laughs> if you know like somewhere to find Belgian, well, I don't know how to pronounce it, but like palm frites, fries basically. But, okay. Um, but uh, then whatever, do it with that. But like I think Left with pizza is incredible. Yeah. Um, it pairs really well and it's it's – Easy to find and not that expensive because yeah. a lot of these monastery beers will be kind of pricey. So if mm-hmm. you want sort of a low barrier to entry, just do I like this? Try Left Blonde. Okay, that's good If one. you know you already like dark beer and you, you're not maybe huge on the whole banana idea, I would recommend from Belgium the Westmala Double, uh, which is a – that's a monastery beer mm-hmm. because I at least experienced their – I've heard that the West Mali yeast is supposed to put off a lot of that banana character. I didn't really get it. I got a lot of dark fruit from it. Okay. And I thought it was a, a really nice double that didn't have that like, yeah, there's this fruit fly who's just <laughs> He's annoying just, the snot yeah. on us right now. And then also um, Brother Theolonius. Get it because Theolonius monk and it's, you know, like a monk. Stop it. 
Yeah, Brother Theolonius um, is made by. Let me let me look it up real quick. Brother Theolonius. Oh, jeez. Um, Brother Theolonius is made uh, by North Coast Brewing in in America. This is an American beer, but it is an excellent beer. And also, if you buy it, the proceeds go to jazz education programs, which is super cool. Is it North Coast in Michigan? North Coast is in Fort Bragg, Carolina. You're so wrong. Why are they calling? You're you're, you're thinking of Third North, Coast Ale. By or am I thinking North Peak actually? Or maybe North Peak. Yeah, yeah. could be. But uh, so yeah, West Maladubel and Brother Theolonius. If you're a dark beer liker, because those have these really nice dark malt flavors. They have these dark Belgian candy sugar flavors, which mm-hmm. are are wonderful. And are not that banana thing, and they play really well with the dark malts. And then I found in those two that the yeast, the Belgian yeast kind of characteristic thing, is a little more muted. And ironically, true Belgian monastery beers often will have a subtler yeast character than a lot of American craft versions mm-hmm. because Americans tend to kind of push all their styles to the logical extreme a little bit. Yeah. So maybe just shell out the money and try a true blue Belgian monastery beer if you're interested in this. And it might you might actually find it a bit less aggressive than a American okay. beer. Good. Now, let's bring it back to homebrew, as we always do. Is there a beer that you make or made that you would consider as a gateway to a style? You know, I will say based on our 4th of July party this year, our Kolsch got a lot of people who normally just like have pretty simple beer tastes, like interested in homebrewed beer. Uh-huh. Um, that one, the, our, our like Rhine River Kolsch, um, that's that's always been a hit. I'm kind of proud of that one. I think mm-hmm. that it's the type of beer that if you like any kind of beer, there's a good chance you might like it. That would probably be the one I would sort of lay as uh, as my... Is our, our claim to fame, I guess. Okay. And then, um, I don't know. Like, I think we make good examples of a lot of the styles. You know, the, like, I, I like trying to kind of make something that usually isn't, like, butting at the, busting the boundaries of a style. Yeah. Uh, so, I, like, I think our Amber Ale is real good. <laughs> I don't know if that'll get you into Amber Ale, but if you like it, hopefully, or if you like ours, hopefully, or if you like Amber Ale, hopefully you like ours. But, yeah, yeah whatever. Pro- probably the Kolsch. How, how about you? Um, I would probably say... I mean, as as a basic, the Triforce Nipa that I make that was excellent. That's, that's a, a nice really introduction. Good beer, yeah, um, and even the um, IPB um, is great. It's a session IPA, so it's, it's a nice way to get into IPAs as well. It's got the tangerine feels to kind of mellow it out a little bit. Um, and probably the last one I'll probably say is the, is the uh, short and stout. That was um, what I, I was a nice introduction say. to a stout because I, I I think that since you tend to uh, kind of put twists on a lot of your beers that it can be it gives someone a point of interest outside of just what the beer tastes like to latch onto. Mm-hmm. So like if you if you like tea, you can recognize the flavor in mm-hmm. short and stout and kind of enjoy that and then like appreciate how the other flavors complement it and then you get used to those other flavors. Another one though it's not beer is probably the. Uh, Deku Mead, because we when we gave those samples to Celeste, David, and Shane for the uh, Zelda um, theme beers that we did, um, as a gateway they, to what? As a gateway to, to mead. mead, yeah, as a gateway to mead. Right. I mean, it's separate, a little separate, but like they, I, I don't think any any of them had had mead, um, and they like tasted it. I remember Celeste's face when we were doing the recording and everything. Her face is like, oh my god, 
it's because it's, it's not what she expected. It was very sweet, which we knew we knew it was going to be because of elderberry and fig. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a, a nice. That was another one that I do. That's a nice introduction to something new. I just busted my bottle out. I hadn't. I hadn't had any since we. I'm running low. I am running very low. I might. That might oh. be the meat I make. I haven't year. had any since we made since we did the Zelda episode, and it, it's gotten a lot better, man. That thing just ages like fine wine. I, it never lasts long enough for me. Okay. <laughs> so we are getting way off topic, yes. but. I hope that that was helpful to somebody. If you have a friend that you just can't get into X, your favorite beer style yes. or beer, yes. <laughs> hopefully this has been helpful to you. It was a lot of fun. And like I said, I want to drink all of them now. I told you when we've we talked about so many of these episodes, I knew this was going to be a fun episode because we were going to come up with a lot of different yes. uh, styles of beers and be very thirsty afterwards. If you have an experience in which a single beer got you interested in either a style of beer or beer in beer general, general yeah. please share with us. How can you do that? Well, you can <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Bruthers in law. That's B R E W T H E R S in law. You can also find us same spelling on our website at Bruthers If you'd like more uh, information about the podcast. And in addition to that, Ryan, there are some, uh, other social media rific places people can find you where are those so i'm on twitter at rambo coon if you want to uh hit me up specifically um i am i do have a brew one as well called wise old isles brew um and then on tiktok i am venturing out in there and doing videos of me brewing um and that's wise old isles brew as well same as the twitter um and of course rate uh let us know what you think um, make sure you leave a comment and a, a, a rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, uh, or wherever else you do listen to podcasts. I know there's a ton of different places out there. Um, and let us know. It, they, like, it, I, I love finding new beers. I know you do too. So like if it's even a style that we didn't talk about, because there's so many different styles out there. Yeah, we, we kind of tried to stick yeah. to some of the, the I basics. Mean, we're not going to go through the entire BJCP. No, that's <laughs> but, way too many. But we covered a lot of the bases. No, I think, I think we... I think there's a lot of options out there for people right now. So Celeste, hopefully, you'll find your beer. Don't we got to get Celeste some of that Moscow Mule beer. Yes, the Moscow I Mule beer. I keep seeing it at my. I always think of it every time you say. I know. It. Anyway, that is not. <laughs> With that said, that. we'll end this off, and we're heading to the pool. So going to the pool. Go cheers. To the pool. Cheers. It's funny because this will probably air in like October. Or I know, right? <laughs> like, well, I thought you lived in Michigan. <laughs>